Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor Study. We'll get to our sermon in a minute, but we are here today with a guest and her husband. Let's all show you. Everybody knows Jackie because she's on the air all the time, and she was also the producer of the show. This is Fred. You've met, well, you, we've had him on camera once or twice. He's always behind the camera. He's the director of the show. But his main claim to fame, he's the husband of Jackie. Yes. Top <laughs> and, liver. And, and Jackie, God bless you. Thank you, Jackie. Jackie has done this show. I figured it out. I had to hunt through some stuff. Jackie has been the hostess for this show for 30 years. And uh, we're saying goodbye to Jackie. She's retiring today. Uh, but uh, just, Jackie, thank you for everything you've done. It has been a blessing to be a part of this project from yeah. the start. And, you know, I'll miss it. Yeah. There's no, no two ways about yeah. it. Yeah. And so but, many people have written letters saying, oh. saying where's, where's Jackie? We miss Jackie. How's she doing? Well, I, you know, I think it's been remarkable when I would go places and somebody would come up to me and say, I know who you are. You're that lady that goes, that talks with the priest on TV. <laughs> and I'm not a priest. I'm yeah, a Lutheran pastor. But, but they don't know that. Yeah, okay. But I mean, I've had that, and I mean, it's just amazing. And, and the other amazing thing about Jackie, she has been at Hope Lutheran Church. My whole life. Her entire life. From 1946, I was born, I was baptized, I was confirmed. Married I this was guy? married to this guy. <laughs> so, I mean, my life it was around Hope Lutheran Church. There you go. My life. And we, we get a lot of letters. People love Jackie, and she does such a great job, and how's she doing? And Fred and I... Our running joke throughout the years, what, looking at these letters, is what are we? Chop liver. Da -dum -bum. <laughs> but Fred, give us a, an update too about Jackie and her. Yeah, well, you know, Tom, this all started out, and I want people to understand that we were talking about oral surgery and all, and that is exactly how things started. But this long delay over these oral issues. Uh, Jackie has developed dementia, and uh, it's getting harder for mm -hmm. her to uh, to host the question and answers sure. and to react quickly. She's doing well. She's doing real well. Good. Every day I but get a little better. Speed, uh -huh. But the speed, you know, is is down, Good. and uh, confusion can set in. Okay. But uh, we're praying, and uh, I'm sure that. God's grace will be sufficient. And we're going to, Fred will keep being our, our director. We call him, I call him Cecil well, B. DeFred. That was kind of a surprise announcement. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you say that to me. But we, <laughs> we got a Jackie uh, plaque for your many years of being the producer and hostess. God bless you. Thank you for that. We got a little gift for you, uh, for you and Fred to spend. And then we've got some flowers for you, Jackie, just to, to say a big thank you for all you've done through the years. There you go. And uh, 
So just thanks for all you've done, Jackie, through the years. Well, thank every one of you because none of it would have been possible. That's right. I mean, Greg and Mona and yeah. yourself. Yeah. yeah, thank you, Jackie. Well, God be with you. Uh, let's have a real quick prayer for Jackie now. Father, we pray that finally her dental surgery and everything, it looks like finally the teeth will be fine. We pray you grant her healing and, and grace uh, with dementia. We ask you to do a miracle, Lord. You can do all things. But if that thorn remains, give Fred and Jackie grace. And just thank you for her service through the years. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. I recently recovered from COVID, worst physical ordeal of my life. It lasted 17 days, but there were about three nights when I literally prayed, Lord, please take me home. It was that horrendous. Well, here I am. <laughs> But I think the Lord dealt with me. I think he taught me some things. You know, maybe you're suffering right now about something. I want to share with you with what I believe the Lord said to me through all this. Let's pray. Lord, maybe there's someone who's suffering physically right now or mentally or in their marriage or in their finances. Lord, whatever suffering people are enduring right now, God, would you speak to us about our sufferings? We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. The first lesson I learned through this suffering, I knew it before, but it came home. Hell is real. <laughs> Early on when I had COVID, the thought kept coming to me, well, eventually this suffering one way or another will be over. The people in hell now will never have an end to their suffering. <laughs> uh, COVID made me very grateful for the salvation that I have in Christ. Hell is real. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 25, the righteous go into eternal life, the unrighteous go into eternal punishment. Second thing that the Lord dealt with me on, share the gospel. I have family and friends that I have talked to about Jesus and now I don't think they want to hear it anymore from me. And I have wondered, well, if I go to their deathbed someday, am I going to bring Jesus up or not? Because they've heard it from me. Well, I think on the worst night, I had the clarity of mind to get out my computer and write a text message. And I was going to share the gospel maybe one last time because I wondered if I was dying. It was kind of hard to push the send button to my family and friends, but I thought, I may be out of here, why not? And I want to read to you what I sent them. Dear, etc. I think this is the sickest night of my life and I'm wondering if I'm going to make it, just in case I don't. I love you very much. My prayer is that each of you will regularly attend a good biblical church and cling to Jesus for your salvation. Then I quoted Acts 16, believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Ephesians 1, in Christ we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. Ephesians 2, we're saved by grace, not by your good works. 1 John 1, 9, I write this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And then I wrote, 
I sure want all of us to spend eternity in heaven someday, and my prayer is that none of us will go to hell. I may make it through this, but again, just in case I don't, I love you very much, Tom. And again, I had to pray before I could push that send button. But I guess I'd rather risk offending people for their salvation's sake than be quiet. Share the gospel. Next lesson. Get rid of stuff. <laughs> First Timothy 6 says, If we have food and raiment, clothing, let us therewith be content. I love to go garage selling. If you came to my townhouse, you'd see stuff all over my house that I've gotten from, from garage sales. And as I was sitting there suffering, I looked around my house and said to myself, I got to get rid of this stuff. The poor person that tries to follow me into this place or when I die. And, you know, I, I'm very blessed because there's about 12 of these in the United States, a, a store called Bible for Missions Thrift Store. Everything you drop off there, they sell, and all the money goes to missions in Bulgaria. I made about five trips to the Bible for Missions thrift store, five carloads full of my stuff. And you know what? It didn't even feel like a sacrifice. It was, hallelujah, let's get rid of this stuff. It felt great. <laughs> Next thing that I think the Lord taught me, take care of your body. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says, Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Take care of it. When I was at about my lowest moment suffering, the only thing that helped sometimes was to go out in the fresh air. <laughs> so I took my folding chair out into the deck and I put it down and I was going to sit down and, and have some fresh air. I sat down on the chair, broke it, and I went flying backwards. And it's like, what else? <laughs> It was a horrible moment, but it said to me, take better care of your body. I lost 18 pounds because of COVID. I've taken another seven pounds off, and I don't want food to rule my life like it has in my, my whole life, basically. Take care of your body. Next thing, give to missions. I am more convinced than ever that I want my remaining days, my remaining money, my remaining everything to go to world missions. You know, there's so many wonderful mission groups. Timothy Initiative in India and, and Nepal, bringing many Hindus and Muslims to Christ. You've got International Christians Concern, uh, helping the persecuted, Voice of the Martyrs. You've got the Jesus Project. From Camp, Jesus Film Project, from Campus Crusade for Christ. I mean, there's all. I want to be part of that. You know, you probably saw in the news some time ago that the horrible suffering going on in India right now because of COVID. Well, Google the words Samaritan's Purse. It's a Christian organization that helps people suffering with COVID as they share the gospel with them. Samaritan's Purse, but every Christian needs to be part of world missions. Next lesson. Suffering purifies. This is a little embarrassing to share, but it's true. I can have horrible battles with evil thoughts. And there are some days it's like, Get out of there! And just these thoughts that are kind of bombarding. Well, I had COVID for 17 days, 
You know how many battles I had with evil thoughts for 17 days? Yeah, I mean, it was amazing. And it taught me, I don't like suffering, but it purifies my thought life. And, and I get this from Hebrews 12. God disciplines for our good so that we may share his holiness. You've also got it in Romans 5. We rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character. Proven character, hope. Last lesson. Suffering makes us more compassionate. Now when I hear someone has COVID, I really pray for them. More than I would have had I not had COVID. And we get this from 2 Corinthians chapter 1. God comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So let me just sum this up. I'm so glad to be over COVID. But here's what the Lord taught me. Hell is real. Share the gospel with your family and friends. Uh, get rid of stuff. <laughs> Take care of your body. Give to missions. Suffering purifies. And suffering makes us more compassionate. And I'll, I'll close with this. A grandpa was taking his son through the his grandson through the forest. They're looking for wood to make axe handles. And the little boy says, "How about this tree, grandpa?" And grandpa said, "No, let's keep walking." And well, how about this tree, grandpa? No, the grandpa's walking up the hill. They get to the top of the hill, and here's a tree that's very gnarled. And he said, "Grandson, we will use this tree to make our axe handles because this tree has endured the rains and the winds and the elements. And I have learned that this tree, because it's so hardened, makes the very hardest axe handles. <laughs> you know, I don't like suffering. Um, I'm not a fighter. When I was sick enough, I, I said, okay, Lord, take me home. <laughs> but I don't like suffering and neither do you. It's good for us. It makes us strong. And without sufferings, we wouldn't be much good to the kingdom. That is what the Lord has taught me. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we ask Pastor Brock questions regarding the Bible. Pastor Brock, is it wrong to want to die when you are suffering? Well, the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 1, you know, I'm hard pressed between the two, whether to live or die. I'd rather die and go with Christ. That's far better. But for your Philippians sake, I know I'm going to stay on earth for a while. So I, I think, you know, when I was suffering with COVID, I prayed, Lord, if it's your will, please take me home. But on the other hand, that's his call. I don't think anything is wrong with wanting to die. Paul did, but it's wrong to try to kill yourself or harm yourself. Yeah. So is suicide always wrong? Yes. Thou shalt not kill. That includes yourself. So if, if anybody's watching this and you're suicidal, get mm -hmm. some help, talk to somebody, but don't do it. Yeah. Is suicide an unforgivable sin? Well, you know, I'll tell you what happened. I, when I, I remember confirmation class when I was 12. Somebody asked the pastor that, and he said, well, 1 John says, we know that a murderer does not have eternal life dwelling in him. If you murder yourself, you're a murderer. So he taught, no, you go to hell. And I, other Christians have said, well, yeah, because you didn't have time to ask for forgiveness. Hmm. Well, my response, and I used to believe, but I've changed my mind. 
nobody's going to have time to ask for forgiveness for all their sins. Everybody, you, me, everybody, right. we all have sins we don't even know about. Mm -hmm. So if my salvation depends on me having enough time to confess all my sins, it's over. My salvation depends on Christ, the cross, grace alone. Um, so what if you kill yourself because you didn't have time? To, well, you, again, nobody's mm -hmm. going to have enough time. But can you be forgiven of that? I know a pastor, and there was a dear Christian woman in his church uh, that he knew for many years, loved the Lord. She killed herself, and he had to preach the funeral. Mm -hmm. And so he brought it up. Well, where is she? And his opinion was, and this is me now too, when Christ died on the cross, he died for all sins, mm -hmm. even suicide. So here's a woman who knew the Lord. She did an evil act in her last moment. That does not rob her of salvation. That was covered by the blood of Christ too. And it could have been a weak moment. Yeah, I mean, when I had COVID, I, I was going a little crazy. I, I was, yeah, but again, don't do it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Doesn't the devil cause suffering, not God? Some say that they cannot believe in God who would cause, who would believe in a God who would cause suffering. Well, the devil does cause suffering. It says in the book of Acts that Jesus went around healing those oppressed by the devil. Yes. And if you read the Old Testament, who is it that kept hitting Job with all that horrible suffering? It was the devil. Mm -hmm. But read the first three chapters of Job. Satan couldn't touch Job without first going before the throne of God and getting God's permission. So is it God or the devil? Well, the answer is yes. <laughs> and I, I mean, I think that uh, it's people who think God, God never causes suffering, you got to say, wait a minute. Who is it that flooded the world during mm -hmm. Noah's time? Who is it that hit Sodom and Gomorrah with the fire and brimstone? Well, yeah, but that's Old Testament. All right, New Testament. Mm -hmm. Who is it in the book of Acts that s slew Herod, King Herod, for his blasphemy? It says the angel of the Lord mm -hmm. did that. So in both the Old and New Testaments, yes, sometimes God punishes, kills, causes suffering for our good. It's good that he does. Yes. Sometimes suffering, I think, draws us closer to the Lord. Yeah, if I had, all, if my life didn't have any suffering in it, right. would I be close to Christ? That's a good question. Maybe not, right? No, that's right, yeah. What are some good mission groups to support? Yeah, how do you know if when you give money to a ministry that they're mm -hmm. not gonna spend it on the pastor's new jet or something? And, and here's what you wanna do. Look for the ECFA seal okay. on the ministry. The Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. That means this ministry has been vetted, it's on the up and up, a whole organization, that's all they do. Uh, now, our ministry is so small, we don't do that. But we're, we're good with your money, we're very frugal. Um, so smaller ministries don't have the wherewithal to do that. Um, and then uh, just, just, I mean, just make sure you're not giving, some of these TV preachers, you okay. give them money, you're gonna get blessed. And just be careful of those guys. You can just tell that they're not in this for the real reason. So give, be a healthy giver, but just be careful. Yeah. All right. Some people believe hell is not eternal and that if people reject Christ, they are annihilated, but don't suffer for eternity. What does the Bible teach on that? Um, more liberal people now in Christian denominations are teaching that there is no hell. Either they teach everybody ends up in heaven, which is the teaching of the head bishop of the ELCA Lutheran denomination, or they teach, well, you don't go to heaven, but you just get wiped out, annihilated. Mm -hmm. What does the Bible teach on this? Well, when I was in college, I tried to believe in annihilationism. 
Mm -hmm. I didn't like the thought of people going to hell. And I, I was a Christian and I read my Bible, so I joined a Bible study. And these Bible study friends kept saying, Tom, read your Bible. So my first year of college, I read through the New Testament. Every time it mentioned hell, I wrote it down. Mm -hmm. My mind started to change. Verses like this, Jesus said in uh, Matthew 25, the evil will go into eternal punishment mm -hmm. and the righteous into eternal life. And Seventh-day Adventists don't believe in eternal hell. And some of them point to that verse and say, well, eternal doesn't really mean eternal punishment. Well, then at the same word, then it also doesn't mean eternal life. That is what it means. If you look at Luke 15, the guy put in hell, he's not annihilated. He's right. begging to get out. Right. And Jesus said, you know, don't fear people. Fear God. He can send you to hell. I think if you verse, read the verses, Jesus talks more about hell, if you count the verses, than he does about heaven. Mm -hmm. So I, I had to change my mind, and I now believe in eternal hell. Not saying I understand it uh, totally or anything, but Jesus said what he said. What's a purgatory? Is that Pur a temporary? Purgatory is what Catholics believe in okay. that that when you if you die without having if you die with mortal sin on your with sin not mortal sin you go to hell if you got mortal sin according to them but if you die with an unconfessed sin etc you go to purgatory you have it purged off burned off it might take hundreds and hundreds of okay. years. The Bible doesn't teach purgatory. It just teaches heaven and hell. So I believe if you believe in Christ, you go straight to heaven. One or the other, yeah, right? Heaven Two or hell. kingdoms. Yeah. Two kingdoms. Yeah. How do I share Christ with my loved ones? What do I say? Well, the answer to that comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul the Apostle founded the church at Corinth. And he writes chapter 15 years later and says, I want to remind you how you got saved. Here's the message. Christ died for your sins. He rose from the dead. And so if you want a relative or a friend to be saved, you say, can I share with you, we're all sinners. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to live the perfect life we couldn't. He died on the cross to pay for our sins so we can be forgiven. He rose from the dead. And if you've never said, Lord Jesus, I need you, I'm gonna believe in you from now on, make sure you do that. Get in a good church, get baptized if you've never been baptized, but believe in the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. That's what you tell somebody. If I have shared Christ with friends and family and they are not interested, should I just keep bringing it up? Well, Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, so here's the deal. I have shared the gospel with my family and friends. They've heard it from Uncle Tom. Um, and I get the impression they don't want to hear it anymore. Mm -hmm. So I don't make sure they hear it every time I see them. Right. I pray for them. I pray for them a lot. But they've heard it from me, so I don't think I have to do it again. However, before I see them, I will pray, Lord, if it's your will, open a door. If I'm supposed to say something, may I say it, before I give them a phone call. Lord, if you want me to say something, and sometimes it, it may come mm -hmm. out, often I have to bite my tongue. <laughs> so you just lean on the Holy Spirit to give you the right timing and words. And God opened Lydia's heart. Yeah. So God can save anybody. Yeah. I just keep praying for him. Yeah. What if a person is not baptized? Well, the thief on the cross wasn't baptized, and we believe he went to heaven. Today you'll be with me in paradise, Jesus right. told him. So I think, um, when, however, when somebody says, well, I don't need to be baptized, I believe. I'm thinking, well, do you believe the Bible? 
In the mm -hmm. New Testament, once you, people are baptized all over the place in the mm -hmm. New Testament. So uh, don't have a flippant attitude about this. Yes, God can make exceptions, but in the New Testament, get baptized. Mm -hmm. If you haven't been, go to a good church, attend for a while and say, Pastor, I need to be baptized. Yeah. Why do you think so many people are led astray today? I mean, they were brought up in oh. Sunday school, but it, they tend to just yeah. fall away. Yeah. You know, I, Mona, in my, I've, uh, I've been a Christian many years. I've never seen the church get so messed up as it is right now. Mm -hmm. It's not the culture that's leading people astray. It's the church. Mm -hmm. uh, you and I used to be part of the very liberal evangelical Lutheran church in America, whose head bishop believes everybody goes to heaven. Uh, there is no hell. Uh, they have two practicing homosexual bishops with husbands in the ELCA now. And then last week, Mona, they uh, elected the first transgender bishop in the ELCA who wants to be called they. This is a woman who looks like a man and she, I, I refuse to say he, she wants to be called they. And now they elected her a bishop of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Has the church ever been this messed up? I mean, it was messed up in, in the 1500s and I believe the Protestant Reformation had to happen. It was never this messed up. You never had the church affirming uh, homosexuality, lesbianism. Some Christian denominations pay for abortions with offering dollars. The Presbyterian Church USA, the United Church of Christ, I think the Episcopal Church does, and the ELCA Lutherans. Wow, and why is this happening? Well, maybe we are in the end times. I don't mm -hmm. know, but maybe we are because it does. Jesus does talk about the falling away that happens mm -hmm. before the end. Well, it looks like it's here to me. I could be wrong. We could be here another thousand years, but wow, wow. And it's hard to know God if you don't know his word. Absolutely. And I think some churches aren't preaching the word yeah. like they used to. And then individuals need to start reading the word well, too, right? Well, I, I love the, now and then I get a letter. Dear Pastor Brock, I was a member of the ELCA Lutheran Church till I saw your TV show. Mm -hmm. And now we switch to the Free Lutherans or the Wisconsin Synod Lutherans or whatever. That's one of the reasons we're on the air. The main reason we're on the air is to preach salvation and mm -hmm. the cross. Yep. A secondary reason is to get people with their money, time, and talents out of bad churches into good ones. Yeah. And I think we need to really start reading the Word Absolutely. on a regular basis. Yeah, if you read the Word, you're not going to be duped mm -hmm. by some of this stuff. I have a friend who has read the Bible from cover to cover 20-some times. There you go. So, there you go. Well, do we have any update that you want to well, mention everybody, today? Well, let's, everybody, let's just tell you, uh, God bless you. Thank you for praying for this ministry. We're getting more letters and donations than we've ever gotten. So now we're not only on one national network. We had the money. We're on three national networks, and then we're on in local cities at about 18 different cities. So thank you. If God nudges you to give, please do, and see you next time. Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write the Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. If you've been blessed by the pastor's study, would you consider a tax-deductible gift to help us reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ? You can donate at our website, 
pastorstudy.org, two S's, or mail a check to the Pastor's Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55441. May the Lord bless you and have a wonderful week.